Welcome to the Wealth Academy podcast. This podcast helps you discover wealth is more than just money. It consists of several empowering components that make up wealth in your personal and business life. Now, here's your host, Paul Lawrence Van. Good day, good day, everyone. This is your host, Paul Lawrence Van. I'm honored to be with you today, and I thank you for being with me as well. And as part of the Wealth Academy podcast community, of course, you know our mantra is, Wealth is more than just money. And today, that's exactly what we're going to be doing because we have an honored guest with us, and her name is Marsha Moran. Marsha, how are you doing today? I'm doing really well. Thank you very much for asking. Okay, fantastic. And I'll give you just a little bit of background on Marsha. She is an expert at strokes. In fact, she's an author of the book, Stroke Forward, and she is coming from a position of personal experience. And uh, many of us have had family members who have had a stroke. So we're gonna talk about it even more in depth today so that we can have some preventive uh, measures to, to consider going into the future. But we're just honored to have Marcia with us here today. I met her several months ago. And when I heard her sharing about her topic, I said, that's exactly who I wanna interview because it's so unique and it's uh, something that a lot of times we don't pay attention to it, but we should. So without further ado, Marsha, welcome to Wealth Academy Podcast. It's an honor to introduce you to my community. You're an author and authority on strokes based on your own personal experience and research. How has this inspired you to deliver knowledge and advocacy for your target market? Well, when I woke up one morning, I knew something was off, but I had no idea that it was a stroke. When my husband came up and saw me, yes. he didn't have any idea that I'd had a stroke. Huh. So it became clear to me that this was something that people needed to be taught about because I don't know about you, but I think of stroke as being for older people. Right, exactly. Yeah, well, I was surprised to say the least, when I had my stroke at 53. Yeah, yeah, that is very young. And the thing about it, as you stated, it's not one of those things that you really can prepare for before it happens. It just happens. And tell us a little bit about uh, what that experience was like. And I think it's interesting that your husband, he, he didn't know either. So for the both of you, that was quite compelling. Yeah. So I woke up and I felt weird. Yes. And I didn't know what was going on. So I grabbed my phone and I texted my friend Rochelle to tell oh. her that I wasn't leaving her for breakfast. Sure. And I read the phone and I actually couldn't read it. Oh, so it's like blurry vision? No, I just oh, couldn't read couldn't it. read it. Got it. Okay. So I thought that's weird. Yeah. I put the phone down. I rolled over. Mm-hmm. And bam, the most incredible headache happened. Oh my goodness. And despite the pain, sure. <laughs> I fell asleep. Wow. <laughs> Which is the wrong thing to do. <laughs> yeah. So you thought, well, it's just a, a one-time occurrence. I'm just not feeling well today. I'm going to move forward uh, in my journey on this day. Yeah. So... That was, like I said, a mistake. The next time yeah. I woke up, I was paralyzed on my right-hand side. Oh, okay. So I knew that I had to get up mm -hmm. or give up. 
Sure. So, options. yeah, mm -hmm. there's always a choice, right? Absolutely. Sure. So I rolled out of bed and I dragged myself across the carpet mm -hmm. until I reached the door, which was closed. Sure. And I couldn't quite reach up to the door handle. Right. But I tried and tried and tried. And I don't know how many times I tried, mm -hmm. but I finally got it and the door snuck open. Sure. <laughs> and at this time I was so tired. Yeah, that's just exhausted. Yeah. So it felt like a probably an out-of-body experience to a certain degree. I don't remember that. Mm -hmm. I just remember being frantic to get out to sure. my you husband. Knew, you knew you had to get out and just yeah. let him know. Yeah. Yeah. In your own way. That's so, the fight, fight or flight. That's so. exactly what it is. Yeah. Um, and I chose to fight. Yes. Great choice. <laughs> We're glad that you did. <laughs> For me, it's the only choice. Sure. Right. So eventually I dragged myself down the hall and I got partway down the hall and I totally ran out of gas. Mm -hmm. And Exhaustion. Exhaustion. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And I expected my husband to come up for something to drink. Sure. I didn't know when it was. Mm -hmm. But something went crash. I don't know what fell. Mm -hmm. But he came upstairs and he saw me on the floor and he said, Marcia, are you okay? Yeah. No. And I, went, no. <laughs> I said nothing. Exactly. Then he knew. Yeah. He said, Marcia, can you speak to me? And I'm going, no. Wow. I know he was shocked. Well, yeah. Mm -hmm. But again, he didn't know what was wrong with me. Exactly. So he called 911. Mm -hmm. That's a great move right there. Exactly. And he walked around the upstairs to see what had happened to me. And of course, he couldn't see. Exactly. And when the paramedics got there, I think it took about 10 minutes. They were That's really very fast. Good. That is fast. Yeah. That's very good. Yeah. So the first paramedic came through the door, saw me, and said, when did she have a stroke? Okay. He's just trying to find out, get an idea of how long it had passed. And Right. So that's the first time my husband thought of the word. Right. And he was devastated. Mm -hmm. That was the first time I thought of the word. Sure. And, well, I guess I don't really know how I felt because I was really close to passing out exactly. and going into unconsciousness. Exactly. Yeah. Yes. I understand. I understand. But thank you for sharing that. And we're going to delve into that even more because it's very important. And I know that at the time this happened, you were just as healthy as you thought you were. Yeah. So I time. ran right. three or four times a week. Yeah. I, I was skinny, you know, I, right. <laughs> I can't say that Marsha. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm beefy. <laughs> I am too now. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. Well, well, I tell you, um, you know, what I want to talk about now is that we can look at this as being your greatest challenge. And um, I think uh, when we look at that, this would also roll into perhaps your greatest success as well, having made that transformation. Could you share a little bit about that journey in terms of, of 
what just part of what it entailed so that the listeners will get a good idea of what that that involved. Yeah. So when I went to the hospital, my right side was completely paralyzed. Mm. So it had gained a little bit of mobility that night, Mm -hmm. but it took me a year and a half to learn to walk straight again. Okay. Lots lots of hard work. A lot of hard work. And people need to understand that even though I walk straight, I still have some immobility. So my right foot has cramped every day since my stroke. (laughs) Sure. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, playing sports, I know what that's like. But again, this is not sports. Yeah. Right. It's totally different. Right. So I have some pain on my right side, even Mm -hmm. today, although I'd say it's not much compared Uh to what it was. Sure. I couldn't speak. Mm-hmm. Which I know for you is very frustrating. Yeah. <laughs> so 40% of stroke survivors have a condition called aphasia. And that's right. a communication disorder sure. that does not impact their intelligence. Exactly. So with aphasia, if you're not cured within the first three months, you probably have it for the rest of your life, which is okay. a frightening. Absolutely. Yes. And so, so abnormal when, when everything had been normal. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. And I got it treated in a couple of ways and we can get to that later. Sure. Yeah. Um, That's very fascinating by the way. And we know through uh, the pain and through through the tragedy uh, that you're able to overcome uh, to the best of your ability which I think is really uh, a dedication to your commitment and and your will uh, to want to go forward. Yeah, some people call it grit. (laughs) Yes, grit, G-R-I-T, yes. I think that is a marvelous word. (laughs) Uh, Me too. (laughs) Yeah, that that is really remarkable. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I had dysphagia, which is the inability to swallow correctly. Right. So when I took food in, mm-hmm. I could choke on it. Right. And that means that I could, um, it could actually go down to, to my lungs that I could get pneumonia. Exactly. So that was really interesting. Yeah. Um, I think those were the main things. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that is uh, some su- success in the aspect of <laughs> now that you're able to uh, still be able to eat, but you just have to be careful. Well, okay. So 65% of stroke survivors have, it's called dysphagia right. and most people get over it. I'd say, well, they're in the hospital. Some people don't, but I am the lucky one. And I sure. got out of it. Um, by the time I went home, I was eating solid food. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it may be that uh, because you were running at three or four times per week, your body had the capacity to recover a bit faster than someone that perhaps uh, weren't conditioning themselves. That's true. That's true. Mm -hmm. But I think also since I was paralyzed. So when you think of paralysis, you really think about the muscles not working, but you don't really think about it going all the way through. Sure. So the um, muscles had to begin to work again, at least a little bit Mm -hmm. for me to get over the dysphagia. 
Sure. It's almost as if uh, one has muscle memory to a certain extent. Yeah. And it, it, uh, the body knows to go back to, to where it was, and it's really fighting to get back. Yeah. Yes. And because you were fighting as well, the grit. Yeah, exactly. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that is really amazing. And again, um, I, I did see a little story that um, Dr. Oz had a, a gentleman that just completely passed out and he was lifeless. And so they got the fibrillator to come and shock him mm-hmm. and uh, they were able to bring him back around. But again, for him, just like with you, it just came all of a sudden. He was at the um, baggage carousel at the airport and he just passed out. Dr. Oz's daughter said, hey, dad, I think something happened. He rushed over, the police officer rushed over and they were they were able to revive him though. But yeah. it's kind of a, a mystery though, how this happens that uh, there was nothing, I'm pretty sure in your medical report that was indicating anything uh, that, that could have led to a stroke. I'm pretty sure you had very good vital signs eating properly and everything else. So I had a um, carotid dissection, yeah, carotid artery dissection. Right. Mm-hmm. And it happens to one to 2% of the people who have strokes. Okay. They have no idea what caused it. Yeah. So, so 80, oh, go ahead. Yeah, that's, that's really, I was just gonna say that's such a mystery. It, it is. Yeah. So. 80% of strokes that happen, mm-hmm. they say are preventable. Now, that's 80%. interesting. That's, that's interesting. 80%. A, yeah. Goodness. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> exactly. Wow. So I don't know what to say about people who have the carotid artery dissection, but mm-hmm. to me, it tells me that people should exercise well that didn't help me exactly yeah Yeah. eat right uh that didn't help me much either yeah but um if people eat right exercise if you're smoking stop Stop, if you're drinking a lot yeah stop stop. yeah drugs don't do it yeah exactly yeah Yeah. and most of the time it will prevent you from having a stroke exactly so we uh, really um what we call risk averse yeah. is risk averse as possible. Uh, get some rest, get some naps in there, mindfulness as best we can. Yeah. And even though it's not a guarantee because we still have another 20% chance, uh, at least uh, it gives one the opportunity to uh, put themselves in the best position. Right. For sure. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. And now we're going to get to the fun part, your beautiful book. <laughs> and I happen to have a copy of it. I have two because you've been so gracious. And of course, you're the author of the incredible book, Stroke Forward, which is a wonderful title. Uh, what do you want uh, readers to take away from your book, uh, specifically your target market? And where can listeners learn more about your mission and your book? So we'll start with the first one first, uh, the Stroke Forward. Uh, please share uh, the inspiration this has been for you to write this uh, work of art, what I call a masterpiece. I call it a life-sustaining book. If you could please share that with us. Mm-hmm. So I want people to have something to go to when they're in the hospital and wondering, what do I do now? So their friend or loved one sure. has had a stroke. 
mm-hmm. and they are like my husband and don't know what to do. <laughs> right, exactly. I think I would probably be in that same position too. Right. Yeah. Or, you know, it would be great if they read it before they... Correct. Had, but I don't think that's really possible. Correct. I agree. So I want them to understand that this is a primer and it gives them some ideas. Sure. Every stroke is different. That's right. But it should give them a glimpse of, oh, I could need to talk about to the doctor about this, or, oh, I don't think that's right for the patient. Exactly. For the stroke patient, Mm -hmm. when they are able to read again, sure. They can see what I went through. Exactly. And my, what I want every stroke survivor to understand is they should never give up. Absolutely. Yes. And if they can't find a solution at your doctor, sure. maybe another doctor has the solution. Exactly. Yeah. Always get that second opinion. Or uh, they, third. Or third. Exactly. I think that's a great idea. We don't want to just settle for the first uh, diagnosis or the recommendations from the doctor. Yeah, that's a great, great uh, concept. So I actually went around and I have a number of doctors that have together made me whole again. Ah, oh, great. Yeah. Yes. That takes uh, quite a bit of care. And uh, the thing about your book is that it gives people a when a vision into your experience mm-hmm. and uh, even though they're all different it at least gives them an idea oh so that's what this is like uh, at least for Marcia, but uh, for other people when they be able to see some of the symptoms perhaps as well you know yeah. as as a person is going through it actually going yeah. through yeah so um again uh you talked about the target market and um, what else um one of the questions that I do have, Marcia, is I believe you said it's been about 18 months since that happened. So you were going through a steady dose of therapy as well? So my, my therapy actually ended in August of 2014. Okay. So I had um, hospital therapy, sure. inpatient um, therapy, mm-hmm. therapy at home, right. had a couple of weeks off, and sure. I had outpatient therapy mm-hmm. and when they were done sure I still couldn't walk very well <laughs> okay okay so I hired my own physical therapist who worked with me for a year that's good yeah they really and, know how to get in there and, and get us all worked up yeah know, yeah experts yeah mm-hmm. my speaking <laughs> was a little bit different well, I tell you, it sounds great now. Thank you very much. Yes, so it sounds great. Yeah. It took some work. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I had five speech therapists, mm-hmm. and I would say that they were wonderful, but they couldn't get me past the aphasia. Sure. So I was looking for something that would get me over the edge. Uh-huh. And I found a chiropractor who did laser therapy. Ah, very interesting. And it was two years after my stroke. And he said, I don't know if this will do anything for you, but we can try. Exactly. 
And so that's a good, that's a good, uh, at least uh, given a, a window of opportunity there. That was that, that ex- attempt, that attempt is, is better than not. Yep, exactly. Mm-hmm. So I went in and he put the laser up by my head, uh-huh. right, right here. Sure. And he told me to do something. <laughs> <laughs> it's stupid, but he told me to raise my right arm, arm. and left yeah. leg yeah. at the same time. And then switch. Ah, that is that's that's a tough exercise there. <laughs> and I did it. I felt really foolish, but I did it. That that is uh, pretty tough. And after five minutes, he said we were done, and I went home. And I'm going, okay. Uh huh. <laughs> you know the thing is, I was better. Yeah, because you actually have the experience where hey. I have a, a, a coordination here. Yeah. And well, but he was treating me for aphasia. Right. So my words came out a little mm-hmm. bit better. Yes. And I think that was really interesting. So down the road, mm-hmm. I realized that I wasn't getting better. Sure. And I told him and he switched the therapy up yes. and I got better again, but I would say I got 40 to 50% sure. better. I still had aphasia. Right. Yeah. Well, that, that uh, really good because I, I have seen some patients um, and some people that have had a stroke and a lot of times they perhaps didn't get to the, to the doctor in time mm-hmm. or depending on what the diagnosis was and the treatment, it, it may not have worked in their favor. It's, but um, it's, it's really a challenge. And of course, I, I believe I share it with you that my aunt, she had it as well. Yeah. She had a stroke uh, about two months ago, I believe, yeah. maybe even less. And um, she, uh, she got to the doctor pretty fast. She's up in New York, New York state. And, uh, but it's, uh, it's life changing. Yeah. It's not, not only for the individual, but also for the family members as well. Because yeah. it's it's definitely changed. It's not anything anyone asked for or anyone deserved, <laughs> but it's um, not given up. It's having, as you stated, a capital G R I T, having that grit to go on and don't quit. Because quitting is so easy, yeah. the easiest thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. So, thank you so, so much for sharing that. And one of the things that. Um, I want to talk to you about uh, here and share with the listeners is uh, I'm really amazed at your spirit and your, your passion uh, surrounding the stroke. And I realized that uh, for me, you are one of the top people that advocate on behalf of people who have a stroke and uh, your book also supports that and it justifies that. So um, are, are, I believe you may have mentioned it before, but are there any telltale signs uh, of a stroke, uh, if if people were to um, have one that you can share with us at this time, Marcia. Yes. Mm-hmm. So you need to think of the words "be fast." Okay. So "be" is for balance. Yes. Are you off kilter? Okay. E is for eyes. Mm-hmm. So if your eyes, they can go as much as blind. Sure. They can also be kind of weird, like, oh, this looks really fuzzy out here, or it looks fuzzy on one side. Sure. 
F is for face. Mm -hmm. So is your face drooping? And mine was definitely drooping. Right. Yeah. Um, arm is for arms and legs mm -hmm. or A. Looking at that coordination. Yep. Yeah. Uh, S is for speech. Okay. And can they speak? Sure. And T is for time. Time to call 911 if any right. of those are. And yep. And time is of the essence. Time is a, definitely yeah. of the essence. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. And uh, one of the things um, uh, that I, when you uh, were sharing that earlier and now, um, I had been uh, uh, bitten by a deer tick. Oh. And so I, I was having blurred visions. Mm -hmm. uh, when it first happened, I was in an aerobics class and I just thought, oh, well, I've pushed it too hard. And I was seeing all of these beautiful colors I had never seen before. And the doctors from the Pentagon, it happened in the Pentagon gym, and they thought, well, maybe he had a stroke. And so mm -hmm. they were actually treating me for it. Yeah. Uh, and, and they found out, they said, well, he didn't have a stroke. What is it? And it was, yeah, the deer, deer tick had, had uh, bitten me, and I was uh, just didn't have any energy for yeah. it. And I'd sleep almost 24 hours a day yeah. until they finally diagnosed. And I thought that maybe I had a stroke, but that's not one of the signs of it. Yeah. That's, that's frightening, actually. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, um, and I know other people probably have, because uh, a lot of times when these things are happening, I was working at a gym every day. <laughs> Top tip condition, right? I'm a, yep. in the military. I'm wearing a uniform. You know, we have standards. And, and I thought I was doing everything right. But it just goes to show all of us that anything could happen at any time. And we just have to uh, be ready if it's best we can. Well, you know, 25% of strokes happen for mm -hmm. people under 65. So that means from prenatal all the way mm -hmm. up to 64, 25% mm -hmm. of those people mm -hmm. could have a stroke. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, unfortunately, I was one yeah. of them. Exactly. Yeah. Well, I tell you, um, this is quite an education, not only for me, but for the listeners as well. So for the people in the Wealth Academy podcast community, uh, we have to be very vigilant as best we can and uh, take this uh, expert advice from Marsha Moran because uh, she's uh, gone through it. She's been through it and she's still uh, working through her grit to have that uh, daily life uh, as best she can and quality of life as best she can. So we were very thankful for you sharing this today. And I, I really want people to, to purchase your book, Stroke Forward, because it can really make a tremendous difference, uh, not only for the, the patient, but also for the family as well. Uh, it, because it does represent change. And the first thing people don't wanna do, we don't wanna change, <laughs> right? <laughs> But yeah. uh, like you said, it's it just, you have to uh, be able to work through it. So Marcia, on that topic of uh, purchasing books, where can people purchase your amazing book, Stroke Forward? They can go to Amazon okay. and type in Stroke Forward. Yes. And they can buy it there. Yes. And we have, uh, I'll spell it, S-T-R-O-K-E-F-O-R-W-A-R-D, Stroke Forward, the author our distinguished guest today, Marcia Moran, uh, M-A-R-C-I-A and M-O-R-A-N. And uh, go out and get this book. Uh, I have it. I'm reading it. 
And a big fella like me, I need to read this book <laughs> because, uh, you know, we just always want to be ready. So, Marcel, let's uh, talk a little bit more about uh, strokes, uh, which I find to be very fascinating and, and uh, illuminating in many ways because it's just something we don't think about every day, but it happens every day. Uh, what do you say was a breakthrough for you in terms of finding a procedure and our process that was a game changer for you. Uh, and then uh, we can talk a little bit more about it as well. Okay. So the first thing is my diet. Okay. So at um, in November of 2014, mm -hmm. I went to a doctor and he tested my blood. He said, did you know that you're allergic to this, 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 and this? And by this, I mean eggs, right. gluten, mm -hmm. milk. Right. Um, so it covered quite a spectrum of food. Absolutely. And so here's the interesting thing. I'd been to allergists before. Sure. I'd been uh, pricked on the skin mm -hmm. and they'd come up with nothing. Wow. Interesting. Exactly. Excuse me. But I couldn't breathe at night. So I'd lay down mm -hmm. and I'd stuff up and mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe. Well, when he came back with the test results, I went, there's no way. Well, you know what? I stopped eating that kind of food. Right. My allergies went away. It made all the difference. It made all the difference. Yeah. So that, um, again, it's almost like some of the staples that, that people purchase all the time, the eggs, milk, uh, say dairy products as well, mm -hmm. a cheese, et cetera. Mm -hmm. hmm. That's yeah. interesting. Yeah. The other thing that he did is he recommended nutrients. Mm -hmm. And when the doctor looked at my carotid artery. He said, you don't need to worry about this. It's, it's done for good. It's just mm -hmm. closed. Mm -hmm. I went back at the year point. Yeah. It was open. Wow. I, exactly. A miracle. <laughs> and I think it's open because I took the, uh, what he told me to. Sure. It's like, okay, I think I'll keep coming back to him. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, that, that's really great. And uh, we have to really applaud that uh, doctor uh, for providing that insight. Yeah. He, he'd probably seen it before, or she's probably seen it before. Um, I think he did, but I'm not going to say for sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. He doesn't actually talk about his other patients with he, when he's with me. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, the next thing that I think is interesting is that at three and a half years after my stroke, he had a new machine that he brought into his practice called a neurofeedback machine. Sure. And he said, Marsha, I think you really need to look at this. And if mm -hmm. you like it, I think you should try it. Right. I went, okay. Mm -hmm. So he gave me a website and it's microcurrent neurofeedback. Okay. And I looked it up and I said, wow, mm -hmm. this treats a whole lot of things like ADHD, anxiety, sure. stroke. Mm -hmm. and okay. The fact, the fact that he had that, that 
actual equipment with him too is really remarkable have that at his access so he is the first person in virginia to have a, a microcurrent neurofeedback machine and wow. cutting think, edge yes actually mm -hmm. um kind of cutting edge sure. I'll, I'll, I'll get to that in a second okay <laughs> <laughs> so i continued to look on the site and it said 85% of traumatic brain injury survivors got better when they used it. I went, okay. Say that again. <laughs> yeah, 85%. Yeah, okay. That, that is really remarkable. That's that's a question I would have had. 85%, the odds are really in my favor now. <laughs> exactly. So I called him and said, sign me up. <laughs> Absolutely. And today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So in my first experience, mm -hmm. he set me up and there were five electrodes, two, uh, two positive, two negative and a ground. Mm -hmm. And each one of those electrodes is put on your head with a, it's a really sticky substance. Sure. I call it cat spit. Exactly, yes. <laughs> so it's wet. A, a part, part, part of the solution. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> It's wet and uh -huh. sticky and uh -huh. kind of gritty. Exactly. Yeah, I know what you mean. And he put them on my head. He started it up and I'm going, huh, I can't feel anything. Uh -huh. But it was sending uh, messages to the machine. Yeah. yeah. So it has, um, they said it sends a pulse. Right. It's about the size of a one one hundredth of a triple A battery is pulsing wow. through your head. Wow. So for me, it's so small, I couldn't feel it. Yeah, that is so, so remarkable. Exactly. Yeah. And I could see the brain waves going across uh -huh. the screen. Uh -huh. Going, is he kidding me? <laughs> <laughs> Someone was doing their homework. <laughs> Whoever came up with this machine. <laughs> yeah. They did their homework. So when I got home, uh -huh. well, first of all, I felt really ecstatic. Sure. So people that use the machine, they feel tired. Uh -huh. They feel kind of exhausted. I felt yeah. ecstatic. Yes. So I, I'll take that. Yes, that's the hope and possibilities. So the thing that I noticed is that I spoke better. Mm -hmm. And after 16 sessions, I speak like I do today. That is wonderful. Yeah. That is wonderful. So you, you made it to that 85% uh, area, at least as a minimum, uh, through that, that uh, treatment. Yeah. Yeah. That is really great. Yeah. And I know the doctor, he's one of your favorite people. <laughs> he is. <laughs> because he really showed you something that was out of the ordinary. Yeah. So the um, microcurrent neurofeedback machine, well, microcurrent neurofeedback has been around for a while. Uh -huh. um, neurofeedback has been around for at least 15 years or more. Okay. So I guess I want to know why it took so right. long for me to hear about it so it might be that only one exists in virginia now 
Yeah. See, that's that's the interesting thing to me is that it has existed for this uh, number of years. And yet we only have one doctor who actually uses it and, and yeah. tries to treat his patients with it. And perhaps that goes back to how they've been schooled as well. Right. So you need to understand that there's uh, neurofeedback and micro neurofeedback, and there is a difference. It, it, correct. Mm-hmm. So microcurrent neurofeedback, you sit there and you do nothing. Correct. Mm-hmm. With neurofeedback, you have to move something on the screen. Maybe you've got a ball that you have to move around, mm-hmm. or maybe you make, make the screen brighter or darker. So you're more interactive. Right. In but that. with microcurrent neurofeedback, you do nothing. Got it. <laughs> I thought that was pretty weird, too. Science. <laughs> Medicine, science. It's just, it's just fascinating to me. Yeah. yeah, very fascinating. Well, I'm glad that, um, well, to me, <clears throat> one of the things that come to my mind is that you were made available to the only doctor who had the machine. To mm-hmm. me, that's, that's a miracle in and of itself. Well, I think that goes away to what he thinks about doing his practice. So he thinks about people as being a whole person. Got it. Mm -hmm. And so when he's looking at me, he sees the whole me and what's working, what's not working. Got it. Mm -hmm. And when he looks for new ideas, he actually looks outside his practice. He reads a lot. If he finds something that he likes, Uh he tries it himself. Great. If he likes that, He'll bring it into his practice. Okay. And I think that's really interesting. Yeah. And that's the only difference between him and another uh, practice. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's willing to go out there and, and, and find the, try to find the best for his patients, which, I, you know, got to applaud him for that, no doubt. And he actually uses it on himself first. Exactly. Yes. And decides, so go ahead. So he's kind of time testing it himself. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And yeah. he's saying, okay, this works. Uh, let's give this a shot. <laughs> and so it makes all of the, uh, the, the cats bet. It makes it all worthwhile. Yeah. 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 I tell you, I've, I've been educated today and I know my listeners have as well. I'm pretty sure they're sitting just like me saying, wow. Wow. <laughs> I've said it more than once, yeah. <laughs> but I find it very fascinating. And again, it's a treatment is you, you didn't take it lying down, so to speak. You just decided, well, I, this is my current condition. I'm going to do something about it. And that's the uh, power of the, the human spirit is, is what you, you display in here to us today. And of course, beyond today uh, in the past. So uh, we thank you for that. So Marsha, I tell you, I feel educated. I feel like I just got through talking to a doctor and you. <laughs> and, and so we, our time is it's coming to a close. And I just wanted to see uh, what else you'd like to share with our listeners at this time, because I've truly, truly enjoyed this. Okay. So first off, if you're a stroke survivor, again, you need to never give up. Hmm? Because there are solutions out there that many people don't know about Mm -hmm. and you have to keep looking until you find some solution exactly 
and it could be that there may not be one right now, sure. but science is always evolving. So you have to keep looking. For caregivers, I would say that you need to take care of yourself. Yeah. You need to eat right, you need to exercise and you need to sleep. Mm -hmm. Because if you don't take care of yourself, you're not being able to take care of the stroke survivor. Exactly. Very important, for sure. Well, I tell you, that is a, these are great recommendations and that aspect of self-care is so important. And uh, uh, because it can be, uh, it takes a lot of effort uh, to be a caregiver. Um, when I uh, was in the military, even after I retired, I became a contractor and I worked in family programs for the National Guard. And so we interacted with a lot of uh, people who are uh, care, caretakers and, and um, it, it's so important. And uh, I have a friend of mine who actually has a business that's its focus is on uh, caretakers. That's what really? it's on. Yeah. Yeah, I was just in a fellowship with them last year and they're with uh, Blue Cross Blue Shield with those companies and they just have a big contract with Minnesota and uh, they go in and they help out uh, the, the caregivers uh, with their programs because uh, they, they know the importance of it. Yeah, so many times we forget about caretakers. Yes. And they're the people that mm -hmm. the stroke survivor or any survivor depends upon for sure so i think that what your friend is doing is marvelous yes yes that he has a a tremendous business and it's growing by leaps and bounds and of course when we add on uh the pandemic it's yeah. even more important even yeah. more absolutely so i tell you uh i've really uh, gleaned a lot today i know my listeners has as well so uh marcia moran thank you so much for being our honored guest today and uh, we look forward to bringing it on again when we have the live stream. And so we can share some other areas of it and talk about the book even more. So I really, really want to thank you for being our honored guest. And I, I just, the, the moment I heard you talk about this at a meeting we were at together virtually, I said to myself, I've got to interview her. <laughs> and this is why. Well, thank you, Paul. It's been a pleasure. Yes. Thank you very much. And for our listeners in the Wealth Academy podcast community, uh, we really want to um, say Arthur and Encore to Marsha Moran for having that grit and moving forward and now sharing her story with people, uh, not only in our community, but even beyond that. And now we're in 34 countries. So even more people will learn about it. And yes, they can translate this podcast. <laughs> so uh, we definitely uh, want to thank you for that, Marsha. Thank you so much. Thank you, Paul. And now listeners, this is what I need you to do. Uh, first of all, we want you to go to Amazon and purchase Stroke Forward. Again, uh, the author's name, our guest today is Marsha Moran. And also we want you to go to Apple Podcasts and rate and review her episode and uh, give her a five-star rating. Uh, Apple only goes up to five. If it was 10, we'd go 10, but go five <laughs> and give a great rating uh, for Marsha for what she's doing, because what she's doing is really a life-sustaining and, and we want to uh, show that support as best we can. And so go out and do that. Again, the title of the book is Stroke Forward, an amazing book. And we also uh, don't forget uh, what, what Marcia just shared about the, the uh, care 
takers uh, that uh, you have to really uh, have some self-care uh, going there because you play a vital role uh, with the patient, the stroke patients and more. So uh, again, uh, Wealth Academy podcast is honored to have uh, interviewed our guest today. Uh, my time is up and I thank you for yours. Again, my name is Paul Lawrence Van, your host, and I'm honored to be so. And again, we want to have an applause here for Marsha Moran for being just amazing human being. And she's the personification of grit and grit is a great thing. Have a great day, everyone. And I'll see you on the next episode of Marsha. Have a great day, my friend. Thank you for listening. You will find the show notes for links to everything that was mentioned. You will find the show notes on my landing page. Subscribe to the Wealth Academy podcast. Rate or review the podcast on iTunes. 